Welcome to How to Split a Toaster. I'm Seth Nelson with my good friend, Pete Wright. How are you, Pete? Hello, Seth Nelson. I was talking to a guy the other day and he said, you know, I was all excited. I actually remembered my wife's birthday ahead of time. I couldn't figure out what to get her. I mean, she has everything she wants, I think. And so I went up to her and I said, I know your birthday's coming up. I've been putting a lot of thought into this. I'm really drawing a blank. I want to get you something nice. What would you like for your birthday? And she looked at him dead in the eye and she goes, I want a divorce. (laughs) And he he kind of stepped back a little bit and he said, well, I wasn't going to spend that much. (laughs) (laughs) See, you had me. I There I am thinking, now, Seth, you're not allowed to talk about client experiences, but you were setting me up. You were setting me up for a goof. (laughs) I will never talk about client experiences. It's all protected attorney-client privilege. Absolutely. Hypotheticals, but that was just a good old-fashioned joke. I love it. It's good. This is not a finance podcast. Why do we need to have a conversation about knowing where your money is, Seth Nelson? Well, you need to know where your money is, whether you're going through a divorce, thinking about a divorce or not, just because it's good common sense. Here's what I suggest to everybody, but especially if you're considering going through a divorce, is to understand your finances. One, if you don't deal with finances typically and you're going to be divorced, that is something that you are now going to have control over. So you need to understand where the money is coming in to your account, from what sources, what income, and what do you spend that money on and what, if any, is left over at the end of the month. That sounds pretty simple. You would be amazed, Pete, of how many people do not have a clue about what their financial picture looks like. Because in relationships, people divide duties. Somebody typically will handle the finances, paying the bills, investing the accounts, dealing with the tax return, Maybe they do it on their own. Maybe they do it through uh, an accountant. And the other person might be in charge of the meals or organizing the kids. Or sometimes they just divide up, hey, I handle summer camps all the time, or I handle the birthday parties. Or, you know what, I'm the one in the relationship that reaches out to friends to go out to dinner when we're not in COVID-19 and quarantined, right? People divide things in their relationships. It's not where everybody sits down every month and goes through their bills and writes out checks anymore and makes sure that the bank account balances. That, that's just not reality. So the more that you're in a relationship and those duties are divided, the higher likelihood that somebody doesn't know what their finances really look like. And that can be scary if you're going through a divorce because the biggest fear is that you're not going to be able to support yourself. So I feel like we have there. I have I have questions that are coming up. But the, the first one is, let's just say, by way of example, you're in a relationship and you find yourself listening to this thinking, wow, I really don't know where our finances are. And I am listening to this podcast because I am considering that my relationship is under strain. How do you navigate those waters of getting a handle on your finances when they are commingled? How do you approach that? Well, there's lots of different ways to approach it. One way to approach it is to review your tax returns, which sounds daunting, mm-hmm, but terrible. You're, you're really looking for a couple things if you can even 
find your tax returns because your spouse is filing those returns, even if you never look at them, most likely on your behalf. Right. That's something you should at least glance at before it gets filed. Not, oh, you know, they handle it. Okay. The tax return will show you what a W-2 is, which is what most people get for their income. There's something called a 1099, which is if you're a private person, you're not working for a company per se. But if you don't know where your tax return are, let's start with your bank account statement. You should be able to review your account statement online and see the income coming in. Is that from your wages, from their wages? Do you have joint accounts? Are there separate accounts? Look at the transactions on your bank account statement. Look at your credit card statements, right? Mm -hmm. One way to approach it is maybe you go to your spouse and say, look, I know that we never really talk about money or, you know, I know money seems tight and I just swiped the credit card and I want to be more mindful about that. So how are we doing on the credit card? Are we paying them off every month? Do we have a balance? If so, what, what is it? How do we, how do we maybe chip away? What can I do to cut back to make sure we're not in debt? Mm-hmm. Do we have a retirement account? Do we have a 401k? Do we have an IRA? These statements come in every month or every quarter, depending on if it's a credit card, if it's a bank account, if it's a quarterly statement from an investment account or an IRA or 401. There's all, they're all coming in. It's usually electronic now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think just asking the question, but in a way that you're saying, I need to be more educated. God forbid, if something ever happened to you, I need to know who I call. I don't even know the passcode. Well, yeah. So a lead into that question. What is your understanding of the number, just a, just a percentage, if, we, if that such thing exists, of divorces that are um, somehow instigated by financial troubles? Is that, does that kind of exist? Yes, it certainly exists. I can't put a number on it, Pete, okay. but I know for certain that it's typically the following conversation. And this is not designated to a man talking or a woman talking. I right. hear the same partner conversation, to partner. partner to partner. My spouse, all they do is spend. I'm working all the time and they spend, 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 spend. They never, ever think about money. Well, if that's the case, that's a perfect opportunity to say, to your spouse, hey, let's sit down and go over a budget. Mm-hmm. And the main thing on the budget is how much are we going to put away for retirement first? Pay ourselves first. That's what mm-hmm. all the financial planners will tell you. Go right. talk to your financial planner. Then what are our like fixed expenses, our housing, our electric, you know, then whatever's left we can spend. If we have that agreement, we can spend. Okay. Some people try to go budget, 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 and then save. And by the time you get to the bottom, there's nothing left to save. Right. 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 So you can talk to your spouse about that. The other thing I hear all the time is my spouse controls all the money. I have no idea what it is. I get literally an allowance or I have a credit card. I swipe the credit card. I assume that it gets paid every month. I don't really know, but I know that I'm only allowed to use the credit card and I get so much cash a week, a month to spend. Mm -hmm. That is not knowing your finances. Right. That's not understanding, okay, I have a job, my husband has a job. How much are we receiving in our, in our paycheck, in our bank account from our paycheck? How much is being withheld for taxes? Do we always pay at the end? 
do we always get money back? Am I not really clear because I haven't looked at our tax returns for the last three years? So these are the type of things that will create stress in a relationship. Someone feeling controlled by money, someone feeling that the other one only spend, spend, spend. And sometimes it's not a problem at all, but people are still unaware. They don't realize they have a financial problem because they swipe their credit card, they think it gets paid, it goes on for years, they file for divorce, and they realize they have six figures in credit card debt. That's stunning. It, it is. Well, and so so what we recognize is that the uh, number one thing is you don't want to be surprised in, in these. You've got to limit the amount of surprise that you have. But the other that I, that I just have mulling over in the back of my mind is uh, to what extent you can do the thing that we stand for on this show, which is attempt to salvage your relationships in some way, shape or form, even if it ends in the dissolution of marriage, to salvage your relationships by approaching this difficult conversation with your eyes wide open. Try to learn those passcodes. Try to look at your bank statements and and learn, do the the uh, go through the motions of learning how your family finances work. Exactly. In one way, if you're trying to still work on that relationship with your spouse is to say something of, I want to get better at managing money. What can I do to help make sure that our financial picture is the best that it can be? Right. Mm -hmm. And if you get, don't spend as much. Well, I appreciate that. But is it that we're spending too much on the children? Is it that we're eating out too much, that we're not packing lunches, that we're we're having them take their school lunches, that we go out to eat too much and we don't cook enough. I'm not the best cook. You don't even like my cooking, but what can we do if that's the issue that we're ordering in on Uber Eats too much? Mm -hmm. So there's ways to approach it to say, how can I get better, right? Or, hey, you're really stressed out. Do you want me to take over paying the bills? Would that, would that help us? Even though it's all online and some of it's automated and it comes out automatically, but what about all the stuff that doesn't come out automatically? Are we getting a credit card that we get the most points? Do you want me to look into that? What what debts do we have? Are we saving for it? But if you're asking the questions in a way that you're saying, I want to make sure that we're doing well as best we can financially, how can I do a better job managing our money? How's anyone going to argue with that? If they're going to be controlling and not give you the information, well, then that's a that's an issue that you might want to deal with. That's a sign. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right, Seth, we know how important it is to know where your money is, but I can imagine a situation in which a spouse doesn't know where the money is and feels some sort of anxiety or fear that their spouse is actively hiding financial situations. How do you handle this? That's a great question, Pete. That happens frequently. We're here to help people kind of think about the relationships and calm down while they go through the process. So the way to handle this, if you don't know and you're worried like, oh my God, I'm not going to get anything because my spouse is hiding everything. So how can I get half if I don't even know it's there? In the divorce process, there is um, something called discovery. And it's where your lawyer through different means gets to obtain all this information. So your lawyer can send out a request for production, it's called, saying, hey, please give me all the credit card statements for the last two years. Give me all the bank statements for the last year. 
give me all the savings account, your brokerage accounts. And then they will do the analysis of those accounts and see if money's going from one account to the other. Or, hey, there's a deposit. Where did that money originate? Oh, that originated from this other bank. Well, maybe we have an account at this other bank. So there's some tracing and some accounting and there's just some legal analysis that will go into finding these other accounts. So if you do not know where any of these items are located, or if you're totally in the dark about your finances, do not think that that means you're going to get totally hosed if you go through a divorce. Talk to your local counsel in your jurisdiction, your lawyer, and say, a part of your questions when you first talk to them, how do we get information if I have no idea? And they should be able to explain that to you in that process. I think that's a really important thing for people to remember. And I do this all the time, this sort of magical thinking where, uh, oh my gosh, I don't know how that works. So it must not exist. A solution must not exist. Everybody must be in the dark as long as I'm in the dark. But, But what I hear you saying is there is a legal remedy to this fear. There is a legal way to get the information that you will need so you can make an informed decision about your finances when you're going through a divorce. And I agree with you. When it's human nature, when you don't know something, to think the worst. Oh my God, curfew's 10, it's 10.05, I haven't heard back from my child. Obviously, they're, God forbid, something horrible's happened and they're on the side of the road, right? That's our first natural instinct. And that goes through everything that we do. If I don't know my finances, I'm definitely not going to get alimony. I, I'm not going to get half the house. I'm not going to be able to afford anything. And, and that's fear. So more information on being able to um, understand the divorce process and how there is a mechanism to get this information, um, the better. And the good news is most people these days do not deal in cash. That's really the hardest part to track. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've looked through Venmo and Zelle apps on where people money is coming and going. So there's different ways to do it. And we could do a whole podcast on cryptocurrency. Oh, that could awesome. be a whole other I can't one. Wait. I know, just on the to edge of your intern, seat on that one. <laughs> make a note. We're doing crypto hard. <laughs> So I this is great because I feel like everything I learned about both finance and the law, I learned on Dynasty. So this is incredibly. Wow. You really dated yourself on that one. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, before we uh, move into the second part of our conversation, one last question on on this sort of setup that I have in my head here, which is uh, to what extent you should be not only attempting to learn about your finances if you don't know about your finances, but attempt to ensure that you have some sort of uh, documented ownership of your finances if you believe you're going down this road toward a separation. One of the amazing things about you, Pete, is you will ask a very basic question that has a very complex legal answer. Outstanding. <laughs> and not even know it. <laughs> Welcome back to law school, right. Seth. I, I don't know if you know this. Uh, your professors have asked me to ask you a few questions. So in every divorce case, there's potential issues. One, we've talked about kids, parenting plan. One is dividing up your stuff, your assets, your liabilities. 
That's called equitable distribution in Florida. It could be called many different things in many different states and countries around the world. But at the end of the day, we all know we have belongings, we have debt, who's going to pay what? Check with your local attorney that's licensed to practice in your jurisdiction because just because your name is not on an account does not mean that you're not entitled to half of that account. There's a lot of what ifs, right? Okay. Okay. So for example, in Florida, if I get married, now this is a big hypothetical, right? I get married. (laughs) (laughs) But I get married and the day of my wedding, we open up, I open up a brand new account and I take all the cash that Pete Wright gives me uh, for our wedding gift and I put it into an account with only my name. Okay. That was a gift. And it's, it's like, congratulations on your wedding. It's to me and my wife. It's written out to both of us. I put an account in my name. That's a gift you gave to both of us, mm-hmm. but I put into a separate account. It's a marital gift. You gave it to both of us. She's entitled to half. Even though her name's not on it. Even though her name's not on it. I start, I keep working. All my income goes into that account. I get married. I open up my account. I work. I take my new paycheck. I put it into that account. My labor, my name's on the account. I earned it. I get divorced a year later. There's money left in that account. That's marital money. Okay. It was earned during the marriage. Right. Okay. Right. That just name alone doesn't necessarily dictate whether it gets divided or not. Okay. And that's why you have to check with your lawyer in your jurisdiction because these rules will change from state to state and country to country. Well, let's uh, let's take a little break and you can help us define a term. The legal term for today is discovery. Once again, I am in Black's Law Dictionary, 8th edition, discovery. And now, the act or process of finding or learning something that was previously unknown. What does that mean? Discovery is just a process. It's a way for your lawyer to ask for information and to receive the information in a formal manner. There's different types of discovery. One is oral speaking. If someone is being asked questions at a deposition and they're answering, that's discovery. One is a request for production where your lawyer might send out a list of documents that they're asking the other side to produce that is written because it's paper that you'll be looking at or video or film or photos. Uh, There are also requests for admissions where there'll be a statement and you're just asking the other side to agree or disagree. This is all ways of gathering information that your lawyer does not necessarily know about or needs to confirm discovery. All right, Seth, we've talked a lot about uh, how I need to think about my money and, you know, my anxiety is peaked. Uh, So let's talk about now, how do you deal with your lawyer? Oh, regarding getting them this information that you might not even know exists. Right, what is my lawyer going to expect from me? The attorney-client relationship is so important. How you communicate with your lawyer is so important. One, it saves you money if it can be done efficiently. So when you are dealing with your lawyer 
about your finances, the starting point would be to just make a list of any accounts, credit cards, checking, savings, kids' accounts, college savings accounts, brokerage accounts that you think might be out there. If you have the account number that you have a Visa card ending in XX1234, put it on the list. If you say, I think my husband has four credit cards, but I don't know, put it on a list. But just create a list and you can start by what's in your wallet. Literally, what's in your wallet, right? <laughs> Go look in your wallet, debit card, credit card, uh, another, like might be a visa, it might be for a specific store. Do you have a Venmo account, a Zelle account? Just list all of those out, whether you think they exist, and if they do exist, the most information you can give on them without getting stressed about it. It could be a one pager, it could be a half page, it might be five lines, and give that to your lawyer. How does all of this play into uh, executing a divorce. You need to know where the money's coming in and out because when it comes in, that's the total pie of income. When it goes out, it's either going out for expenses or it's going out to purchase items. If it's purchasing items, then we're going to get back to equitable distribution. Who might get that item? If the money's coming in and it's in an account, how are we going to divide that account? If the money's coming in and we're swiping that credit card and we're not paying that money off, that credit card off, that's a debt that needs to be divided. So watching the flow of money in or out or accumulation of debt are different items that you'll have to understand and know to figure out who's going to get what asset, who's going to get what debt, how we're going to divide that up all later. Another aspect, which is hugely important in the one of the greatest areas of fear is if someone needs alimony, which is a payment from one spouse to another after divorce. So you have someone making $200,000 a year, their spouse is making $25,000 a year. After they get divorced, most likely the spouse making 25 cannot have anywhere close to the same standard of living that they did when they were married. You need to know what your standard of living is, how much you were spending to potentially go to court and say, judge, I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep making my 25 grand, but I need another $50,000 a year or $60,000 a year to maintain a certain standard of living that I've had over the past 20 years. Wait, wait a minute. I think I need another definition of terms, <laughs> Seth. Standard of living, how is that possibly calculated and justified in a divorce proceeding? So in Florida, not necessarily in different jurisdictions, different jurisdictions do this alimony calculation in many different ways. But for example, in Florida, you would list out all of your expenses just for you, not for the kids, Okay. on what you spend and how much those items cost. You might do it for the last year or before there's marital problems in the last two years and you average it, okay? And then that's what you would typically spend on these different items. So I'm going to quiz you because you do really well with quizzes. This is already okay. making my eyes cross right now. I'm right. telling you. Go so ahead. we can do broad topics. Okay. Generally speaking, how much... Do you think an average person spends, because I'm not going to ask about your personal finances, but average person spends on 
household. Household, household. Does that include uh, food, groceries? Yes. It does. Food, groceries. Yeah. Electric uh, cable. On, on what? What? What time scale? Monthly. Yeah. Do it on a month. Uh oh! For crying out loud! Uh, twenty five hundred. Okay. Did you include the mortgage or the rent? No. Okay, so How we got to add that. thirty five hundred to four thousand. Okay. Does that seem to work for you? Let's see. We got mortgage, rent, taxes on the house. We've got. Oh, well, um, I haven't done taxes. No, I, you yeah, but that's ta- an annual. That, so maybe another. I, I don't know. There's forty seven hundred twelve. I know yeah, you got to do a little there. math there. I'm getting there. But this is the type of information when I say know where your money's going. Yeah. That maybe you should start thinking about because if you have a better understanding of how much is going out you'll have a better understanding of how much you might need. Okay. I need you to, you just, you bundled a bunch of stuff there and I want our listeners to be able to hear, like I need to hear what is included when you're speaking in context of what is, uh, what defines standard of living. Uh, because all I can think about is, let's say, I don't know, totally unrealistic. I have an extraordinary Blu-ray habit and I buy a lot of Blu-rays and, iTunes stuff. Uh, that's if 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 I was to walk out of my relationship, I would include that in my standard of living, which you should. It, that's really? part of your standard. Of, absolutely, it doesn't mean that if you're in trial that you're going to get every last little penny yeah. on everything you spend. Because at the end of the day, if you have two incomes in one house and you split that house into two houses with the same two incomes the standard of living is going to drop. Right. Something has to give. Something has to give. But that's why you need to understand where your money's going. And then you get to make the decision ultimately on what's important. So for example, if you talk about household expenses, you could start with your mortgage or your rent. Do you have rentals insurance? Do you have mortgage? Do you have property taxes? Do you have insurance on your house? Electric, um, all utilities, gas. Water, sewer, cable, Netflix. I mean, your your streaming stuff is going to be through the roof. Mine's not that much. Extraordinary. Yeah. All I do is read Florida statutes, which you can get <laughs> online for free. Right. <laughs> so you've got streaming stuff. Yeah. All over. The place. Yeah. But then, how much is it for food, groceries, miscellaneous, maintenance, yard, pool, pest control? Now, some of these you don't have monthly. Some of them are yearly and you divide by 12 or quarterly. But understanding where your money is going will help you understand what you will need after a divorce. Okay. Okay. How much gets spent on the kids in a divorce? Who's going to pay for that later? What about your car? Do you lease a car every three years or so? Do you buy a car and run it into the ground? How much is your car insurance? Will you need money for a replacement car? And these are the type of questions that you can actually answer on your own before you ever get into a lawyer's office if you understand where your money's coming in and where is it going out. How does all this relate to relationships? When you understand what your income is and where your money's going. And when you split houses and they might not have as much as you did before, that directly impacts the relationship you have with yourself. How do you feel about yourself that you're no longer living a higher standard of living? You've 
you might have dropped down a little bit. What can you do to get back up on your feet or increase your standard of living? Maybe you have a, a, a girl's night out every month. Maybe you can't afford that anymore. How is that going to impact that relationship with your friends? Or if they like to go out to fancy dinners or to go shopping or go on a girl's weekend trip or if a guy can no longer afford the golf membership or the boat. So, so how do those items, things that you spend money on to do, impact your relationships? Do you have friends that are being like, hey, don't worry about it, I'll pick it up? Or is it going to be, hey, no, you know, we split our check exactly even and you can no longer really do that. How's it going to impact your kids? The relationship with your kids when they're used to going on travel soccer teams and maybe we can't afford it. How do you have that conversation with them about money? How old are they? What, what, what are they doing in their lives? Are, can we no longer afford, afford a prom dress and we have to get a different dress? And, and all of those different aspects of money play a part in every relationship. Pete, you have friends that you go out to, well, we would normally go out to eat before COVID. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, it's a long time ago. Right. I, I'm the guy that says, when the check comes, if it's, if it's on one bill, I'm like, oh, just split it. Let me know what I owe. I've got other people that friends are like, well, you ordered this and then you got mm-hmm. the drink and we'll split the appetizer. I'm not saying there's a right or wrong way to do that. I'm pretty more fluid about it. Whatever they are comfortable with on handling that financial transaction, I don't want it to negatively impact our friendship. I'm good either way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some people, if I say, oh, let's just split it in half, they get very uneasy because maybe they don't think it was really half. Right. Right. Maybe I spent more because I got two drinks, not one, or they weren't drinking and hey, drinks are more expensive. So money, even with friends on going out to eat, impacts the relationship. So understanding what you have the ability to spend or whether you're going to cut back elsewhere so you can still maintain that relationship and in that environment that you're used to is vitally important, especially when you're going through a divorce and and afterwards. Well, and and I would just like to really highlight something that you have buried this thread in here that we're not money impacts relationships, not just the relationships with your potentially soon to be former spouse. It is with your kids and with your friends and with your kids, piano teachers, like it affects all your relationships. Absolutely. And that is another reason to understand where your money is coming from, what sources, and where is it going? Because it impacts every aspect of our lives. This this whole thing seemed a lot easier before the break uh, when it was just like, you know, find the passwords and look at your statements. And all of a sudden, this it just became very, very real. For me, at what point do people uh, look at this and think, oh, I don't know that I could ever do that? All the time. This is a skill, managing your finances, tracking your finances, that a lot of people don't use on a daily basis because their spouse is just handling the money. They're doing other things, okay? This is not a negative, this isn't a criticism. This is just the way people organize their lives when they're married. But when you're going to be on your own and you're going to be responsible for all of these types of decisions, then it's time to start educating yourself. And you can start educating yourself now. Um, I use uh, an app called Mint Mm -hmm. that is very easy to trace 
all of my expenses. It, it ties in with where my credit card comes in. On my credit card, I can just go in there and click like, oh, this was for my son or you know, mm-hmm. this was eating out. Oh, you know what? I, I, I have this as a reimbursement that I have to get paid back on. Um, this was gas. Mm-hmm. So you can start breaking it out and then it kind of lists it and it kind of lays out, hey, here's what I'm spending on household. Here's what a big expense that I have, which Mint has really helped me open my eyes. I spend an extraordinary amount of money, in my view, on my dogs. <laughs> I, have two, I have two miniature dachshunds. They're really small dogs <laughs> that are very expensive. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know what that says, but I remember that you were the person who taught me about the company that ships you uh, apartment squares of sod so the dogs can go to the bathroom on your porch. They, they does that can. still exist? Yes. It's called Fresh Patch. There you go. It still does. <laughs> I actually don't use them oh. um, anymore. Uh, I came up with a less expensive way. I really hope no one in the condo association is listening to this podcast now because I'm probably (laughs) violating a rule. On my porch, I have a six foot by three foot pan, which think of that you buy at Lowe's or Home Depot for a walk-in shower. Okay. That's literally what it is. I have some gravel on it and um, that's where the, the dogs go. And I have stuff that you spray that kills things and you pick up their stuff and flush it down the toilet. A lot less expensive than Fresh Patch. That's amazing. And part of that was I looked at Mint and how yeah. much I was spending and wanted to save that money. Sure, sure. I I have a I have I'd like to recommend as long as we're doing tool recommendations. Can I throw one in? Yeah, throw it in. It's one I'm I'm pretty new to, but we've just recently adopted it to our family, and it does. It's similar to Mint, where you can attach your accounts and it brings in your 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 accounts. It's called You Need a Budget. YNAB. And uh, you you set up, you, you bring in all your accounts, so it's kind of incorporating your transactions in the background. But what it does first and foremost is say, how much income do you have? And put all your categories that you're describing here, your Netflix, your mortgage, your food, everything in your budget. Start with the budget first. And then as money comes in, you just click on each category and say, is this funded for this month? Is this funded for this month? Is this funded? As transactions come in, they debit from those categories. So it starts with what you want your money to do. Their mantra is give every dollar a job. And so it it starts there, but it still gives you that data on the back end where you can track your assets, liabilities, and your spending habits. I really like it. I think it's, I think between Mint and and YNAB, it's essentially two halves of the same coin. It's just how you how your brain approaches your money. And there's a lot of them out there, yeah. whatever works best for you. But being able to do that, one, puts it in the front. Yep. You're looking at it. You get the alert, okay? Every day, you should be right. looking at this stuff, yeah. So, and that will save you when you're going through a dissolution marriage, a ton of anxiety and fear because ultimately, if you don't understand how X number of dollars gets spent, X number of dollars will never be enough because you're just afraid that it's going to run out. Mm-hmm. So to understand just the flow, the tracing, how, where is it? Where is it going? How much do things really cost? By educating yourself on that will save you a lot of anxiety and heartache. But it's a skill, but I assure you, this is a skill that everybody can learn. We're not talking about 
figuring out how to pick a stock or what's your best investment. There, there are professionals out there for that. We're just talking basic math, how much is coming in, where are you spending it, how much is going out, what if any is left at the end of the month. If there's money left at the end of the month, are we saving it for something? Every dollar has a job. Is it in a bucket for kids' private schools? Is it in a bucket for our paying our taxes? Is it in a bucket for a vacation? Is it, we don't have enough. We, we, we swiped the credit card. We just went up in debt. So how do we pay that down next month? What, what are we doing with that? Mm-hmm. Um, those apps are absolutely wonderful and invaluable, but they are the basis to understanding on what you may or may not need after you get through the divorce process. Uh, well, I, I think, Seth, this sounds uh, foundational, this conversation, to a lot that we have yet to unveil in terms of understanding how you split stuff. So consider this chapter one of a conversation that will continue. Looking forward to it. All right. Thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. We appreciate your time and attention and invite you, if you're listening to this on the website, make sure you check it out on uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or anywhere finer podcasts are served. We'd appreciate you subscribing. We're a new show, uh, and we would absolutely love it if you would share it with others or if you're feeling so kind and so generous to leave us a nice review in one of these podcast directories. Reviews are incredibly helpful for new shows like ours to get them off the ground and to spread the word to others. So on behalf of Seth Nelson, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next time on How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships. Seth Nelson is an attorney with Nelson Coster Family Law and Mediation with offices in Tampa, Florida. While we may be discussing family law topics, How to Split a Toaster is not intended to, nor is it providing legal advice. Every situation is different. If you have specific questions regarding your situation, please seek your own legal counsel with an attorney licensed to practice law in your jurisdiction. Pete Wright is not an attorney or employee of Nelson Coster. Seth Nelson is licensed to practice law in Florida.